0: And in the second part of this podcast, we're joined by special guest Katie King, CEO of AI in Business, founder and managing director at Zudekers Consulting, and a member of the All-Party Parliamentary Group Task Force on Artificial Intelligence in the UK. Hello, Katie.
1: Hello, Max. Great to see you. Thanks for that intro.
0: So Katie, um, how did you start working in this industry? How did you first get interested in AI?
1: I have been a management and business consultant for 30 years I was always looking to innovate and I still am I'm 53 and I'm learning every single day and pivoting and innovating Um, for about 12 years I was quite cutting edge in digital and before it was fashionable I was advising clients doing TEDx talks and all of that but then everyone caught up a few years later and I felt that as far as me having a unique a USP you know unique selling proposition I needed something new and fresh and different and I was very aware about five years ago of artificial intelligence I got involved with some clients who were involved in it I wrote a white paper for the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors and then about 18 months two years ago I got commissioned to write my book and it's a book about the impact of AI on marketing, but it also spans sales and HR. Published by Kogan Page a year ago. I'm not a technologist, although I've been in tech, marketing, and business for 30 years. Um, but I'm helping companies apply AI to their business.
0: Uh, first topic I wanted to ask you about was education, because you've just recently launched an education initiative for um, sort of like uh, British school children. Uh, in in cooperation with some 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 famous names in technology. So um, first of all, um, yeah, what's the situation on the ground? Speaking about the UK, you know, like how we're doing in terms of skills?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question. I think there is a, a well at the. AI, data science, PhD level, we've got some very, very talented people, but there's a bit of a brain drain from the UK out. As far as primary and secondary school, there's a real gap. So my initiative is really to help close that skills gap. So the initiative, as you rightly said, it's with um, the Digital Transformation Expo. It's with PwC, Microsoft, Amazon Web Services, the and Turing Institute, some really top brains in AI. And we're through six sessions, we're giving a few pilot schools here in the UK, the opportunity to really understand what is AI? How is it reshaping our world?
0: UK. Is in serious trouble if, the, if it can't solve the shortage of data professionals because demand for people with data skills has increased uh, threefold over the past five years. So uh, this is now a national question.
1: You know there have been quite a lot of government initiatives in funding, you know, for PhDs and, uh, you know, giving grants and it's all part of the UK industrial strategy, but it's, it's, it's not enough. And obviously it's coming, you know, late in comparison to what's been done in America and in China. So I agree with that. Um, you know, we need young kids in schools, you know, they need to learn to code much younger and we need a lot more emphasis. You know, I've been involved in initiatives for women in STEM, women in tech, you know, not just young girls, but school children across the board, primary and secondary, we need a lot more focus. So
0: how did you end up being big a part of the of the of the government committee on AI?
1: Yeah, so they invited me to get involved. Um, I was around the world at lots of conferences in Dubai and Singapore. I'm quite good at marketing. So I post a lot about the great work that me and clients and the rest of the community do on AI, especially, you know, publications like yours too. So I was quite visible. And I was doing a lot of work in the book it's a it's a selection of case studies not not pulling the wool over people's eyes not trying to pretend it's something it's not but a collection of case studies of successes and failures and so that came to their attention and they invited me and i'm on a task force um looking at the adoption of ai in enterprise
0: okay and how does AI look through the eyes of a politician, of a member of parliament? So you've met these people, you know like what what what's the most ridiculous thing you've heard? Like it's just like, are, are these people, you know, like just just how well do they understand the question or uh, like do you think they still need a lot of help?
1: Well, the people I'm dealing with are smart and they know a lot about it. So in terms of the politicians, I'm mostly dealing with Stephen Metcalf MP and Lord Tim Clement Jones, and they are very smart and very knowledgeable. And then beyond that, the rest of the community are the sponsors, the general public, the academics, the tech disruptors. And actually, it's, it's a very smart world of people who are pretty clued up on AI. The job, I mean, the task is to roll that out and to be able to prepare the content, um, a toolkit, for example, to many of the other MPs, you know, the parliamentarians who clearly many don't know very much about it. I haven't had the contact with them, but I bet, as you're alluding to, there will be many who won't have a clue what it is and like a lot of people I deal with in business and uh, organizations and schools, they haven't got a clue what it is and they think about it in terms of robots, they think about it in terms of people coming and taking your jobs. So of course mm. there are those people in the public sector too, they're not the people I'm dealing with um, as it happens.
0: I see you being that person where you're kind of looking at it from a more of a an objective angle, you know, you're looking at this from you know, how, how this operate, you're talking about that balance and what would you say is your biggest concern with that, you know, that international lack of partnership, would you say that's your big, biggest concern or was it, is it something else that you feel like that, you know, more people to join the initiative, more people to be on the same level or just more regulations.
1: The House of Lords in 2018 produced um, quite an early version of a proposed code of conduct. And that touches on some really important areas. For example, that um, everyone globally can flourish mentally and emotionally with regard to AI, um, that that we should never uh, vest into AI the power to do you know bad things against human beings. So actually for me the importance of these kinds of cooperations are to do with our safety, You know, a lot of people question whether we will eventually have that artificial general intelligence. But the bit that most people worry about, if that ever does come. And in my book, you know, I'm talking MIT and some powerful people. You know, they say it might be in 25 years, it might be in 50 and it might be never. So there's no consensus on that. But if it ever were to happen, the scary part is, you know, it being more intelligent than us and therefore to protect all of us. Yeah, to protect us all, to crack some of the world's biggest issues around climate change, pandemics, you know, like COVID. We need international cooperation. So that's why I think this is so important is
0: uh since we've got you here and I think you're going to have interesting opinions on the topic. Um one of the interesting things about the announcements is it kind of separated the uh, UK from uh the European Union 28. It is now European Union, you know, like it's UK and and the EU 27. Uh so um considering that we've already said no to any brexit uh, transition extensions and that is definitely happening uh, in january i believe um what do you think is going to happen in january uh what, what what impact brexit might have on the fledgling ai space in the uk you know like is it gonna is it gonna do a lot of damage are there any uh, any obvious benefits you know like what do we do to replace essentially the, re- the research base that we shared with european union
1: yeah i mean you yeah. know it's not, I'm not going to get too political. Personally, it's disappointing. You know, it's um, the proximity, the shared history. It feels such a shame to let all of that go. So it's essential to have new agreements in place but equally I know there are global trade agreements that you know need to come into play too but something like the initiative that you just mentioned there we need things like that that are going to kind of knit us all together you know putting aside our politics putting aside Brexit you know we need all of that and we certainly need as you mentioned at the very beginning there about the kind of skills trading and and be you know the, the, the kind of we're missing many of those opportunities we absolutely need to crack that that we can take advantage of you know the european talent and that the, the rest of the world can take advantage of of the talent that we've got as well there needs to be a lot more uh, thinking put into that kind of area yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, yeah and talking about that balance we spend most of the podcast, like usually talking about the grim and the dangerous future of ai and, and its applications and it's, it's good that to have somebody like you on and talk about the the positive side of things and how AI can be a force for good. I don't think I've heard that before on the podcast. So thanks for saying that. Oh, for the that's, first time.
1: Good. that's good. That's <laughs> I mean it again. I, you know, I speak. Uh, what I, you know, what you see is what you get. I'm very honest, and I am seeing a lot of good. And I travelled. I've been to the um, Ministry for AI in Dubai, and I've worked with governments around the world. And they're all starting to get their um, their ducks in a row, so to speak. With sounding very non-technical, but they are starting to get their um, ethics together and to have standards, you know, Many of them have dipped a toe in the water and are starting to see benefit and are beginning to roll it out. Others have had real horror stories and really mm. messed up and, and wasted a lot of money. So, you know, it's it's on that Gartner curve, isn't it? I feel like it fell into the trough of disillusionment for a while. And now we're kind of gradually coming out of that and starting to see a, not a plateau of productivity at all yet, but the beginnings of it being used, you know, beyond sales and marketing it needs to be used across different job functions and across different industry sectors as well
0: and that's exactly what we do at air business so um thanks for that katie um it was fantastic to talk to you i mean yeah visit us again sometime and uh, good luck on your work it sounds very important
1: yeah thanks for having me guys thank you
0: thank you Thanks for listening. As always, if you found any of the stories interesting, check out the website. We usually have more information about them there and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Stay safe.